In this episode, we explore our welcoming of Libra season, the Libra new moon, Navaratri, Rosh Hashanah, and we culminate with a meditation within the Holy of Holies, within the Great Pyramid that aligns your consciousness for these most beautiful and profound times. Let's dive in. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective, and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Oh, great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Leave your tricks and schemes behind. Go mad with love, like a moth hungry for light. Dive into the blazing heart of the flame. Be a stranger to yourself. Wreck the house you call self. Wake up in love's house. Live with lovers. Be a lover. Why lie in a grave, fearing judgment, hands idle? You have a role at this feet. Rise up, open your arms, a haven. Grudges and spite weigh on the heart. Let seven streams of water wash them away. Make room for love's wine. Be its cup. Thoughts stray and drag you with them. Heart, leap over your head. Arrive before you know it. 
You're not a rook bound to two directions. You're not a pawn, a crooked queen, a short-sighted king. Be a mirror for your beloved. Reflect what you adore. Once mineral, then animal, now blessed with a soul. Be love. Preacher, how long will you rant door to door, roof to roof? Give your jaw a rest. Be silence. That is a poem written by Rumi from one of the newest offerings called Gold, translated by Hale Liza Gafori. And I welcome you to Libra season, to the season of love that is ruled by Venus. I welcome you to Autumn's Gate here in the Northern Hemisphere, to Mabone, where we are balancing sacrifice with gratitude. And I extend my greetings to you, brothers and sisters in the Southern Hemisphere, who have welcomed Spring's Gate and Ostara and you're bringing that balance through the blessing of new beginnings. As we have entered Libra season, we are in this time where there is this desire to seek harmony, to seek equity, to seek justice. The sign of Libra has this great desire to cooperate with others, to create this this sense of justice And it is the archetype of the partner, the lover, the diplomat, the peacekeeper, the hostess, the host, the artist, the mediator, the companion, the judge, one who is really here to balance hemispheres, to witness different polarities. And therefore, Libra's and Libra season is a very social time, a time where we are interested in collaboration, where we're interested in our friends and our community. However, it is a time where we don't want to overfocus on others at the expense of ourselves. And this is something that a lot of people with strong Libra in their chart, whether it's sun, moon, rising, or a stellium, or the chart ruler, a lot of people with strong Libra can self-sacrifice and it can get to a point where it can be debilitating. This is a time of year where we want to be really aware of our intentions and where we're coming from. And are we coming from that full cup first? Are we loving ourselves? Are we being our own beloved first? As we have entered fall, we have begun a new season. We have initiated a new solar gate. This is a time where we can initiate new projects. However, we do know we have so many planets retrograde. Every planet is in retrograde or the shadow of retrograde, except for Venus. And Venus is about to shift into the sign of Libra, which is going to bestow so many more blessings for all of us around our value system and our social connections and how we're really weaving together in community. If you are a returning listener to Starstones and Stories, you know I have this deep connection into the Egyptian cosmology, and therefore I really love to connect Libra season to the goddess Ma'at. That is because when we look at the zodiac from the ways that it's represented in different Western associations, Libra is the one sign of the zodiac that does not have an animal or human representation. It has the scales. As we look to goddess Ma'at, we can find that connection to 
a form that relates to humanity. And we can also consider the story of how we live our lives and that our lives are meant to be expressed through elevating ourselves and elevating others through loving kindness and through doing good deeds, deeds that uplift ourselves and uplift others. It's not just about the action of performing these deeds, it's about the intention behind them and the place and the space we come from. Do we come from that full cup? Do we come from a place of integrity and feeling really solid and giving in a way that we are doing so with love and joy? And that is part of the story of Ma'at is that when a soul crosses over from the realm of the living into the realm of the dead, the Egyptians perceived the heart as the most important organ in the human body. And we also see the similar connection through, of course, many cosmologies. I'm also learned in the Taoist cosmology, you know, a student of that uh, lineage. And for the ancient Taoists, also, the heart is seen as a time travel device. It's the one organ in the body that we can go through time and space and literally have memories or sighting, so to speak, inclinations of understanding what could be coming forth from the future through the portal of the heart. And I believe that the Egyptians also saw the heart as a time travel device. In my understanding, we don't have evidence of that in the writing at this point, but I do believe they also saw the heart as a time travel device. I believe many different indigenous cultures around the earth have viewed the heart in that way. We know that our hearts sit in the center of our of our body, and when we consider the basic seven chakras of the body, which is something that we explore in depth in my earth seed course. And as we come to the heart, it sits in the center of those seven chakras. And the heart, therefore, is the bridge between the lower triangle and the upper triangle. The lower triangle being our very kind of primal survival set of wheels of light that are very essential to grounding us to earth, to being sovereign on earth, to being prosperous, and also to connect to our solar frequency and our lunar frequency, our masculine and our feminine, and to be anchored in that divine feminine presence and that divine masculine presence, which is so essential to living on earth in a way of great conscious awareness. And then we have the upper triangle from the throat to the third eye to the crown, which allows us to access consciousness that goes beyond our earthly plane. It allows us to access our own intuition, which is every human's birthright to be intuitive, and to access these fields that go beyond earth these galactic teachings that, again, get woven into many streams of consciousness, whether it's the Vedas or the Cherokee tradition or the Maya or the Aboriginals or the Egyptians and so on and so on and so on. We could say that indigenous wisdom ultimately is intergalactic wisdom that has been brought down through the ages through these higher upper chakras. And so therefore we need that connection into the heart 
center. The heart is our time travel device, and it also allows us to feel into what is our personal truth. My truth is not going to be your truth. Your truth is not going to be my truth. We might have intersections of our truth. However, we are unique souls. We have unique blueprints. We come from different ancestral lines. We come from different soul lineage, star lineage. There's so many layers to who we are in these human bodies, in these human cosmologies. And the heart is our ability, our space, our place to measure all of this. It is the most intelligent space in the body as we consider the Vedas and the way that when we bring our palms of our hands together and there's that prayer and that head comes to earth, it is an acknowledgement that heart always supersedes the head. The bowing of placing the head to the earth or the head to the guru's feet, the guru, one who brings you from darkness to light, which in in this Aquarian age, each one of us is our own guru in these times. We are coming out of that Piscean age where we have one particular teacher we, we, we bow to, we learn from. We're in this age of great experience where we apply the teachings that we have studied uh, for lifetimes and for when we consider linear time in human form for thousands and thousands of years. Therefore, the heart, the heart is the meeting place of all of these technologies. The heart is so essential. And so as we consider goddess Ma'at, she meets us in the other world, in the underworld. She meets us when we have walked that realm from life through death, when we've taken our last breath and our pranic body leaves our physical body and our subtle body goes off to merge. And there's so many layers and ways we can connect with those bodies. Ma'at takes the heart and weighs it against her feather. And as we consider the concept of the feather and the lightness of the feather, we know that how we live here on earth is so essential Because there are many people out there who are very devoted to doing good deeds and good things. However, they may be cut off from their hearts. They may not process their sensations, their feelings, their emotions. They may walk around with a very heavy hearts. And as I share this, it's not in a place of judgment. It's in a place of observation and awareness of how we can all live. We all go through those time periods where our hearts feel heavy, where we are burdened by grief. We've all been there and most likely many of us will be there again because that is part of living in these human forms is that As much as we experience joy and expansion, there are times of sorrow and grief. What is important is that when we are experiencing those times of sorrow and grief, that we take care of our hearts, that we take care of ourselves through those situations so we have potential for great healing and we have a potential for the heart to lift and elevate in time as the heart is ready to. Libra is ruled by Venus. 
Venus, the guiding force of values, of art, of form, of shape, of beauty, of color. As we consider the planet Venus, she is a elder sister to planet Earth, and we could say that Venus teaches through her frequency out in the galaxy. She's teaching about self-love and self-worth and asking us, what is it that you value? It is important that you have a sense of your value system as you come into any kind of relationship, but particularly a committed love partnership. Libra asks, how do you consider the other and how may you collaborate and cooperate more harmoniously? Therefore, this is a time where we can ask these questions and invite them into our lives as a living prayer. Perhaps you may begin within and ask these questions in regards to your relationship with self. How is it that you consider yourself? How do you like to show up for others? How do you show up for yourself? And as we can determine that for our own personal reflection and then take that into relationship with another on a higher octave, you can then take it further to ask, how do you relate and cooperate with humanity as a whole? As we're here at Mabone at Fall Equinox and Ostara and Spring Equinox, this is an invitation to use this time to observe the extremes in your life and find a way to invoke more balance, celebrating justice and equity. As you bring in balance between the dark and the light, the feminine and the masculine, the yin and the yang, You may hold a steady vision for this unity consciousness of humanity, a sense of bounty and prosperity for all. This is an opportunity to transform any distortion frequencies, lower vibrations into this variation of liquid gold consciousness to hold the vision and the frequency of this new earth that together we are building here in these times. We are so blessed to live at this crux of the old ways and the new ways. And as blessed as we are, it is a mighty, mighty task for our human bodies, for our nervous systems, for our consciousness. It is a mighty, mighty task to know at times where do we fit in to the collective and where is the collective even going? And that is something that we are all voting on. We are voting on this collective reality on the daily, how we're showing up behind closed doors in our own individual lives. This is where we have the power and the momentum to be the change we want to be, to live from the heart, to live in our truth, to use right action as much as is humanly possible, to know, to fully embrace the power of our human vessels, this holy body temple that carries these beautiful nadis, these channels of energy. And we have this ida and pingala that move through our spinal column, our jed pillar of light. And as we speak, as we use the power of our sound current, our tongue is this extension of our life force. Therefore, everything you speak is speaking a spell into reality. We are all on some level, whether we're conscious of of it or not, we are all magicians and magis and witches and wizards and warlocks. 
And so here we are in this Aquarian age. It is time to take up the mantle of spiritual responsibility and to live as if you have these amazing gifts and that you have the right to take up space and to shine your superpowers as we co-create this new earth consciousness. I pray for you that this Libra season allows you to connect deeper within and to feel that pulse of where your local community is calling you, what relationships are calling you, and to come from that high heart, to come from your high truth, to leave the fear behind and to really embrace this now moment, to connect with Mother Earth within nature and through the elements. We live in times where we have the ability to access and co-create the blueprints of a future timeline, particularly as we consider the astrology we've been going through with Uranus and Taurus and in the year of 2022 with the collective North Node and Taurus meeting up with Uranus. This was even more emphasized at the end of July when Mars also joined in the party. Therefore, this concept of time bending, timeline shifting and hopping, which I always speak about in the episodes around the eclipses. And so if this piques your interest, you can go back and you can search for earlier this year for the Beltana eclipse portal episodes. And you can also go back to 2021. There were some really loved episodes there that, that a lot of people joined in for. And of course, we have the Samhain Eclipse Portal coming, which I am really looking forward to, and I will be absolutely talking about that in episodes 61 and 62, so the upcoming next one. So you want to make sure you're staying on the pulse of this astrology because these eclipses this year, the eclipses every year, of course, are significant and important. Eclipses are like wildcard events. We have sudden endings, new beginnings. It is like a kind of a rewriting of the destiny and opportunity for massive, massive transformation. And this year is there in the access of Taurus and Scorpio, there is this deep call around embodiment, around our physical body and our collective reality, but also how is it that on an individual level, we're willing to go deep within to the body and do that deep inner healing and also heal the psyche. There's this beautiful relay between Taurus and Scorpio around physical body and like deep mental health. And also we can consider energy, resources. Taurus is all about what do I have? What are my possessions? How do I connect to the earth? What are my pleasures? What is my sensuality? How am I that beautiful artist expressing creativity? Whereas across the wheel, as Taurus is ruled by Venus, we have Scorpio traditionally ruled by Mars. So much about instinct and drive, but also about how are we sharing energy? How are we sharing resources? How do we share energy through the unspoken ways, through sexuality, through collective comings together and the way that 
energy is like bounced around in a space. So there's definitely a call to explore that. And then there's also this conversation between these more mundane day-to-day tasks and the esoteric. Esoteric meaning essentially that is what which is hidden knowledge. And that which is knowledge that your average person out there does not even think about or know about. So there's not even a desire to want to learn. And as we're going deeper into this Aquarian age, there is this pulse of more and more esoteric teachings coming to light, while simultaneously there is a propensity for more distortions around esoteric teachings coming to light. Therefore, it is a time where we want to be grounded and embodied, take everything with a grain of salt, and really as you become more grounded and embodied, you're anchored in your heart portal, your heart chakra, your sacred time travel device. Therefore, you have the ability to sense what is your truth at any given moment, which is very important in how we're navigating through time and space. As you remember, as you own the truth that you are this being of pure light, sound, you are light and sound, you are pure frequency, then you have a place, a space to connect to your higher self, to where you connect, where you ultimately come from source, from that which is the most high. Taking time to connect to these higher realms allows you for when you visualize the future that you desire, allows you to help anchor it into the here and now. Allows you to calibrate into your physical body that you are worthy, that you are a creator, creatrix that reflects source consciousness, and that you are here to be on earth, to be in service to your dharma, your destiny, and therefore you deserve to receive all of the gifts that will assist you on your path. All points in time and space truly exist in the same exact now moment. You are a quantum creator of the future. As you raise your vibration, particularly through happiness codes, through joy, through expansion, by being around people that elevate you, that you feel good when you're around them, like you feel properly nourished and joyful, that is a sense that you are in the right direction. We're at a time where it is for our highest and best to avoid those lower octaves, to avoid fearing the system. Whatever system you're attuned to, that is exactly what they want is your fear, your attention. They want you to be concerned about artificial intelligence or some sort of negative alien agenda. 
anytime your consciousness steps into that, it immediately weakens your signal. In the Kundalini Yoga tradition, the lineage that I've studied within for over a decade, we talk a lot about how the moment you have a negative thought, it cuts your energy in half immediately. Of course, we're going to have negative thoughts. (laughs) We're human. Of course, we're going to mess up. We're human. It's just that when you go into that negativity, you notice it and you shift it like that. You make the decision. You say, oh my gosh, listen to me. Look at me. I'm going into this negative stream of consciousness. And you switch it into the positive. The moment you have gratitude, gratitude for the most simple thing. Here I am in my body. Here I am breathing. Here I am drinking pure, clean water. What a blessing. Those simple moments of gratitude immediately shift your frequency. So we're at a time where we want to avoid those lower octaves as much as possible. Because the truth is, when it comes through the ages and through what is pure and real and true in time and space, no government, no military, no paramilitary, no corporation, no negative AI alien agenda will derail what is pure and true through the ages. And that is written. That is what you can find in any sacred holy text. Unity consciousness is the way through. Duality is merely an illusion. And this Libra season, with all of this retrograde motion and preparation for our eclipse portal, opens up a space where if you want to get deeper into your practice, you have an ability to sink into this in so many capacities. I invite you to allow yourself to connect to the original blueprint of you, your highest self, of humanity, of the collective higher self of humanity. For some of us, we like to access the Akashic Records, the Hall of Records. If that is something you feel you're able to attain, you are invited to do that. And as we go deeper into the Aquarian Age, it will be a skill that many people will know how to do. You won't have to go to a particular reader for them to tell you about your higher self. In fact, The truth is, is no one can tell you what is actually in your Akashic records other than you because they were written for your eyes only. And there are people who have great gifts and abilities to access information, but there's only so much they can see. And that's something that I uh, personally have an experience with because many of you know I was kind of raised in the New Age movement. And so this talk about like, I went to Reiki trainings. I wasn't participating in them because I was a minor and I wasn't allowed to, but I went to Reiki trainings at the age of 14 back in 1994 and went to group meditations with adults and did sweat lodge. And even before then, when my uncle transitioned, my mother and I, we used to go to this, it was called, uh, it was Harmony in Tampa, Florida, this new age church. And uh, my uncle would come and visit me like the the woman who was channeling 
would tell me things that only my uncle had shared with me like no one knew. And it was powerful. Like my mind opened to so many things at at such a young age, which was such a blessing. And so for me, I had definitely had experiences with different Akashic record readings and readers. And I'll never forget the first time I sat with Elder Maladoma in private divination. And in the divination, actually, I don't think it was the the first session. It might have been the second, but it was one of my early divinations with him. And he spoke about there, like he was accessing information about me beyond this human form and my soul and the strength of my soul and, and what are some of the powers I carry. And he spoke about these storehouses of information that only I could access. And I knew when he was speaking to that, he was speaking, like, I, I knew he was reading the Akashic records, even though he didn't say in his divinations, like, I'm going to sit and read the Akashic records. Now, perhaps that's something he consciously talked about in his divinatory training. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend that before he crossed over, which that was something that was very much on my personal bucket list was to sit with him and do that divin- divination training through the calvary shells that he offers that now Elder Teresa continues to offer. So any of you out there interested in learning that skill of uh, the ancient African divinatory technology system, it's still available f- for you through you from Elder Teresa. And she devoted over 20 years of her life to studying with him and supporting his work. My point is, is that this concept of accessing the Akashic records, for one, is quite ancient. It's beyond New Age. In fact, anything that has been brought into the New Age movement comes from indigenous technologies. And also, ultimately, there are certain things that only your higher self can access about you. It doesn't matter who else is holding the space and how evolved or integrated they are. There's always going to be certain things that are just for your own safekeeping. And that's part of the beauty of the multiverse and creation. Truth raises vibration. Holy wisdom raises vibration. When we speak our truth, it raises the vibration. Even though sometimes it can be terrifying to speak our truth, it raises the vibration. And we all know that sensation when we want to tell someone something, but we're afraid to hurt them. And so we tell a white lie. We know how that lands and we know how it feels. We know how it feels in our body and we know how they receive it in their body because on a higher conscious level, they can feel that it's a lie. You know it's a lie. Therefore, part of our duty in this Aquarian age, no matter how uncomfortable it can make us, is to speak our truth. When we speak our truth, it raises the vibration of everyone around us. And there are ways where we can speak our truth in a very loving, kind way so that it is received in the best way we could imagine. However, at the end of the day, it is not our job how anyone receives our truth. 
It is only our job to share our truth, to speak our truth. As we are in this age of the expansion of golden consciousness, may you raise your frequency by thoughts, deeds, actions, emotions, service to others. This brings us to the Libra new moon, a beautiful new moon that is coming in on Sunday, September 25th at 5.54 p.m. That's Eastern Daylight Time. As always, you want to adjust the time for your personal time zone. This Libra new moon heralds the gates for so many big, big shifts that many of us have been praying for. And on the equinox, which occurred on September 22nd, Thursday, for many of us, there was this massive shift and frequency. I know we've been feeling it ultimately since that Pisces full moon, which was our last full moon. And I recorded episode 59 just about I think it was about 24 hours before the Pisces full moon. Wow. I, you know, for me personally, it's been some really massive shifts occurring because the Pisces full moon brought up so many realizations and a lot of closure, a lot of healing, particular wounds and traumas I've been working with consciously over the last few years that stem from my own childhood. I think that many of us have been in deep process of clearing some really profound ancestral stories. And the Pisces full moon in the early part of September allowed a space for a great clearing and a recognition from source that it is time to let go and to close the chapter and to move forward. With the equinox, something happened on that day where there was this real big shift of energy with that equal light, equal dark. And now as we move into the fall here in the Northern Hemisphere and the spring in the Southern Hemisphere, with the current astrology, with so much retrograde motion and Mars getting ready for the initiation and the descent and the resurrection and rebirth, Mars and Gemini, which will absolutely affect so many people in such profound ways. This portal with this Libra new moon is very significant. As we've been building up to the Libra new moon, we've we've been in a time of honoring the ancestors. Honestly, it's always a good time to honor our ancestors. <laughs> it is one of our greatest ways to connect to the unseen realm. As taught by Elder Maladoma through the Dagara cosmology, it is literally our connection with the other world our connection with our ancestors that builds the bridge so that we may connect with the other world. Therefore, as we tend to our ancestors, as we feed our ancestral altars or whatever ways we connect, because we're all going to have our unique way in and it's important that it feels authentic to you. But this gives us an opportunity to build a bridge to the other world so that these otherworldly good spirits may assist us in these times. 
this Libra new moon has a very special significance because we have a couple of holy days that are opening with the Libra new moon. We have Rosh Hashanah as celebrated as the Jewish New Year, which begins at sundown on Sunday, the 25th of September, which is right around the exact alignment of the Libra New Moon, and goes through Tuesday, the 27th of September. Now, as this is the Jewish New Year, it is a time of great reset through this tradition. I think it's important to always honor the Jewish tradition, particularly for people who are connected to the monotheistic main religions, meaning the main ones that we we know of throughout the world being Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Because all three of these traditions reference the Hebrew Bible, what we could say is the original Bible. This time of holy days is also known as Yom Teruah, which speaks to this day of shouting or blasting because on Rosh Hashanah, it is the time of year that the shofar is blasted. And through that time period leading up to Yom Kippur, which is a day of atonement, a day of basically coming before the Most High in the most humble human way possible. So we're in this portal of a great desire to be inscribed in the book of life in the the calendar year to come. And it is said that basically the most high source creation determines who will live in this calendar year at this time of the high holy days, who will be prosperous and healthy, who will not, who will be peaceful and happy. I love the celebration of the shofar. I love the wearing of the white. I love the dawning of the new year. I love the concept of being humble and taking some time to really reflect on the path that you have chosen to walk and to take time to meditate on that and to ask, you know, deep within, like ask those questions that we don't always have time to ask on the daily, on the day-to-day when we're in the pressures of life. And for those of you who celebrate Lashana Tava Tikatevu, may you be blessed in this year ahead in all the ways. May all of us be blessed in this year ahead in all of the ways. And that brings us to Navaratri, which begins Monday, the 26th of September, and goes through Wednesday, the 5th of October. This is a very important Indian festival, Hindu festival associated to the prominent battle that took place between Durga and the demon to celebrate the victory of good over evil. Therefore, there are nine days solely dedicated to Durga and her nine avatars. And so on each day, there's a different goddess that is celebrated, these nine forms of Durga herself, the nine goddesses of Navaratri. And so on each day, if you chose, you could wear a different color. I am going to uh, share their names, and hopefully I'm not mutilating their pronunciation. 
I have a lot of amazing listeners to Starstones and Stories in India. So I wish you all a blessed Navaratri. And if you have anything you want to share, write in about uh, how you like to celebrate this holy time. I'd love to hear from you. On the first day, we honor Ma Shala Putri with wearing white. On the second day, Ma Brahma Charini wearing red. On the third day, Ma Chadarahana Hanta wearing royal blue. On the fourth day, Ma Kushmanda wearing yellow. On the fifth day, Ma Skandamata wearing green. On the sixth day, Ma Katayayani wearing gray. On the seventh day, Ma Kalarachi wearing orange. On the eighth day, Ma Mahagauri wearing peacock green. It must be peacock. (laughs) And on the ninth day, Ma Sidi Atri wearing pink. And this Libra new moon is so important. And I also want to say this is the fir- the the last new moon before our Samhain eclipse portal. And it is also within this new moon, we will, of course, have the Aries full moon later on uh, within the cycle. But also we have begin a whole new Venus star point on the 22nd of October. It's a brand new Venus cycle in one of her home signs. Lots of beautiful energy. And I'll be sharing more about that in upcoming podcasts, probably episode 61. So with any Libra, with any new moon, we've got the sun and moon marrying. And with the Libra new moon, they come to unite at two degrees, 48 arc minutes Libra. They are conjunct Venus. Venus is at 25 degrees, 44 arc minutes Virgo and Mercury retrograde, which is at 27 degrees, 32 arc minutes, Virgo. A conjunction is a marriage. So essentially, we've got sun and moon, Venus and Mercury all combined here. And as we know, Mercury is retrograde. So Mercury is actually moving to meet up with Venus. Venus is moving to meet up with Mercury. Mercury is in its home sign. Venus is about to come into her own her home sign, but she's in a sign of detriment, not her best figure. However, we love her still in Virgo. We love our Venus and Virgo people. They're amazing. They're so good at seeing all the things that aren't working. And I always tell people with Venus and Virgo, like, make sure you have projects in your life where you can clear out and refine and elevate and make things better so that your relationships are not those projects. Because (laughs) most people don't want to be on the other end of that, receiving the vibration like they feel like they're the project of the Venus and Virgo person. Now, the sun and moon, they oppose Jupiter. Jupiter's retrograde at three degrees, 48 arc minutes, So as Jupiter is retrograde, it's actually coming to meet the sun and moon through this opposition. And we also, I think it's important to state 
Many of you have been following Starstones and Stories. You remember my earlier episode this year about the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. Jupiter will go back into Pisces and will get close to meeting up with Neptune and Pisces again. So the theme that we explored around April 12th of 2022, there's going to be a thread woven back into the tapestry that is wrapping its arms around us. This new moon is all about love and our value system, our relationships, how we're showing up in our relationships, how we're communicating in our relationships, how we're showing up in our community, and most importantly, how are you showing up for yourself? This is a very social time of year, so we do want to think about ourselves in relationship to others as much as possible. As we consider the Sabian symbol of three degrees Libra, it is the dawn of a new day, reveals everything has changed. The ever-present possibility of beginning again on a new foundation of values. The process of true initiation. I really believe with this new moon, there's a fresh start. There's a dawn of a new day. There is a new year being birthed. There is, as we consider Ma Durga and her victory over the demon, there is a journey of where we must all travel deep within our psyches to have victory over our own subconscious blocks, our own internal wounding that creates a projection around us as we slay, so to speak, the internal demons, the external demons fade away, which is why I spoke earlier in this podcast so much about the golden light and sound, the golden frequency that is you. I have a downloadable for you, the seven keys to cultivating your unique daily practice. And if you haven't received it yet, I highly, highly recommend that you begin working with that, especially with this Libra new moon and especially, especially in preparation for the eclipse portal. This new moon is very much supported with rutilated quartz as well. And you can work with the affirmation, I let the past go and I embrace today. You're invited to hold the love and the light, to allow it to be a way to open the spaces and places that are yearning for an illumination and an expansion. If you're new here, I want to say thank you so much for joining in the Star Stones and Stories community. I have been weaving these threads through this podcast since May of 2020, and I'm an artist, an alchemical astrologer, a cosmic high priestess, herbalist, gridkeeper, pilgrimage steward, sound healer, and I have this budding mystery school called Earthseed Temple Arts Mysterium, where I offer courses like Earthseed, and Skywalkers, which is a beginning astrology course. I've been studying the stars for over 28 years and received a Master of Arts in Cultural Astronomy and Astrology with Merit earlier this year from the Sophia Center through the University of Wales, Trinity St. Davis. 
And in my dissertation, I discussed the great conjunctions of 2020. I did research, I interviewed different astrologers, and I was looking at mundane astrology through the lens of some of the ancients. In my astrology practice, I utilize Western tropical astrology techniques, and I meld traditional techniques, psychological, evolutionary, and intuitive methods. If you've never had a reading, I invite you to sign up through my website, earthseedtemplearts.com. At the very top of the website, there's a book now button. You can also go into the show notes and you can book a session directly. I find astrology to be so useful in knowing your soul purpose, to know your own inner landscape and how these different archetypes want to move through you and how to express them, how to work with them instead of against the grain. Astrology can also help you to understand the language of how you show up in relationship and how you relate to specific people, how you relate to your business, your work in the world, how you relate to money and to health. And also it can be used to guide you through your current cosmic curriculum, meaning looking at the transits like In this episode, we've talked about the Libra new moon. So it can be really helpful to know where's that three degrees Libra in your chart and what is this new moon asking you to accomplish? In Skywalkers, I'm teaching people the very basics of astrology and we're in our current cohort, but I will be offering it again later on this fall. So make sure you're receiving my weekly Venetian love notes so you're up to date on all of these offerings. And like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, I have a free gift where it's a audio offering of the seven keys to cultivate your unique daily practice. I think you're going to love it. And I invite you to uh, sign up for the weekly Venetian love notes so you're receiving that. And if you've been a longtime subscriber at and you would like a copy of the seven keys to cultivate your unique daily practice, send an email to support at earthseedtemplearts.com and we will send it off to you. Now, I offer these in-depth podcasts as a way to give back to my community. These are my forms of service and love and devotion And with that, there are ways that if you love this podcast, you can continue to support this work through the high caliber divination sessions I offer. You can also offer love donations to my Venmo account at Rama Tribe, R-A-M-A-T-R-I-B-E. And this is all in the show notes. And I have a new monthly membership community that is building on this Libra new moon. And I'd love to invite you into it. So for any of you who have been longtime supporters of my Patreon page, I want to say thank you so much. I started my Patreon page in January of 2018. And I've loved creating the work there. It's given me a platform to allow my artistry to really come through. I know many of you know that I am an artist, but 
when I use that word, it may not always land for you exactly how I mean it. So I did in undergraduate school, I studied fine arts. I was an interdisciplinary artist. My final project for my Div 3 at Hampshire College, which we didn't have majors there or grades or tests, uh, but we worked really, really hard, very hard, and, and were stretched so much. My final project was called, um, oh my gosh, what was it called? Well, it was about the goddess. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying, I think it was called like re reimagining the goddess. I have it somewhere in a file, which I should look at. I should look at that. But basically, I made this large scale installation that you got down on your hands and knees and you crawled through this tunnel and there was this cave that you crawled into. And this took up a large portion of the gallery at Hampshire College. And within there were different clay sculptures I had crafted of the goddess, a large uh, crescent moon altar table. There were two crescent moons and various offerings. And in addition to create the cave, I used found birch saplings and I worked with, I found brown paper that I was able to like massage and move and do things with. So it almost looked like leather. And this was my thesis was this offering to the goddess, essentially. And that was in 2002. So it was at a time where goddess culture was still very much under the radar on so many levels. And a couple of years later, or about a year and a half later, I went on to Boston to the School of the Museum of Fine Arts that's connected to Tufts University. And I received a post-baccalaureate there and continued to work with sculpture and clay and installation art and video and performance art. And I had great plans to go on and receive my Master of Fine Arts. I applied to many schools. I had received a grant from the School of the Museum of Fine Arts to study in India for two months. My studies essentially being a guided journey that I took myself on to, there were particular temples and places I wanted to visit, but I also wanted to have the experience of darshan of the land itself and the people themselves. And it was so profound. I traveled for two months and that was in 2006 as a as a woman as a young woman by myself and I had planned my whole journey with the lonely planet <laughs> the India lonely planet version which was very thick and very heavy and I had a whole itinerary that I was going to follow and when I got to Agra to the Taj Mahal, I basically nearly had a breakdown. I had been taking malaria medication. I knew I didn't really need it, but the woman at the health department here in Buncombe County freaked me out. And <clears throat> she was like, you have to take these malaria pills. 
And if you've ever taken malaria pills, they can make you crazy. I had never felt like I felt in my life. I wasn't sleeping. It had been many nights of not sleeping. I had already had a panic attack in Mumbai, which I'd never had a panic attack in my life. I remember calling my ex-husband. We weren't married at the time, but we had been we 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 were together for 18 years. And I called him from my hotel room in India and I was just freaking out. I was like I'm going to come on a plane and come home now. I can't do this. I felt like I was being smothered and it was really frightening. And he talked me through it and I got through that time in Mumbai, but I had to leave Mumbai and take the train to Agra. So by the time I got to Agra, I was just like really tweaking out. And I was in this sweet little hotel that I had found thanks to the Lonely Planet. And I will never forget one day, it was my first morning, I, I went out to the restaurant area and I sat down and I saw these people and I started chatting with them. And the guy was French and I believe the woman was Belgian. And I just was really honest. I was like, I'm really not doing well. Like, I am not feeling well. I'm not sleeping. And the guy looked at me. He was like, are you taking malaria medication? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you need to stop, like, right now. And he basically um, hung out with me. Like, he was like, you need to get it out of your system. And so for two days... I sat there for most of the days and just relaxed and we would sit and talk about his travels and this other woman's travels and I learned so much from them but I'll never forget how blessed I was because like they held space for me to clear that out of my system and after a couple days, I was a brand new woman. I felt like myself again for the first time in probably over a week, which had been about exactly the amount of time I had been taking the malaria medication or 10 days. And I never took it again. And of course, I was fine. And also, it was a beautiful initiation to learn how substances affect us all so differently. And even if you go somewhere and they tell you this is safe for your body, it's not always going to be safe for your body. It might be safe for you on some physical levels, but it can also affect with your mental or emotional state. So from that journey, I ended up uh, meandering and I went to places that had never been on my radar. I spent time in Pushkar, and I found myself on the banks of the Narmada River in Omkareshwar, which I had never even heard of until I was in Pushkar for quite some time. And if you're not familiar with Omkareshwar, it is the place, it is a very holy place where, in I believe it's Madhya Pradesh, where the Shiva Lingams rise out of the Narmada when I was there, they didn't even speak Hindi. And I had just started to pick up a little bit of Hindi, not much, just a little. And so I was in this place where there was no English being spoken, no Hindi being spoken. 
And I was traveling by myself. I had met some people in in Pushkar, but by the time I got to Omkarashwar, I was by myself again. It was uh, it was an adventure. It was an adventure. The point is, as I made my way down, eventually uh, down to Karnataka, to this place, Gokarna Beach. And by the time I got there, it was near the end of my two months. I had wanted so bad to go all the way down to Kerala. Kerala still calls me. I I, I dream of visiting Kerala. I was in Gokarna, this lovely little place where I stayed for about, I think it was about seven days, and made friends with the owner and some Australian beautiful people. And um, I just had this realization one day. I was on the beach, and I was like, I am 26 years old, and I've been in school almost my entire life. And that was the moment where I said, I, I'm not going to get my Master of Fine Arts at this time. I need to just be human and be out in the world. And that was a big turning point because when I came back to Asheville, I canceled my plans to move to Los Angeles. And I started practicing yoga every single day. And that brought me into this path of yoga. Within six months later, I was training at Kripalu where I studied in depth for a month. And then I did move to Los Angeles and I lived in LA for many years until I gave birth to my daughter and we left for Maine. So the point is, is as an artist, I consider all of my offerings, ultimately, they're a form of art, of love, of devotion. Even the pilgrimages I offer, I see them on some level as this like installation art for the land, an offering to the land itself. We as the participants, we come, we show up, whether it's in Egypt and Kemet and in Glastonbury and Avalon or the south of France, we show up in these particular ways with our prayers and our our temple bodies as these offerings working with these energy points these ley lines on the body of the earth for me everything through earth seed temple arts is a form of art it is a form of love it is a form of devotion and i've loved working with the patreon page it's it's allowed me to merge my artistic creative side with the quote work and make them more whole, holistic. And I think all of you who have supported me since 2018, off and on, and some of you have been consistent the whole time, like, thank you so much. I'm also noticing in the digital landscape, it's harder and harder for people to know where to go to find things. So part of my prayer is to offer, to bring more of my offerings under one umbrella And through my mystery school, my courses are housed through Kajabi. And Kajabi has really leveled up in the last year. And their app that they use on their phone is much better than it was a couple of years ago. And so I am moving my monthly offering, which is an ode to what I've been doing on Patreon. But it's all one offering. It's going to make it much easier for me and easier for you to decide if this is a good fit for you, if it's going to serve you, which I believe you're going to love it even more because everything is going to be consolidated. 
My new offering is Ma Magic. It is a monthly membership lunar council for wisdom keepers. And with this, every month you're going to receive at the beginning of the month a forecast which will outline the overarching energies that we'll experience collectively and a tarot divination for support. Each new moon, you will receive a transmission of the new moon and a downloadable intention setting guide. So a transmission, meaning you're going to really understand the different frequencies of the new moon. On the first quarter of the moon, which is a week after the new moon, you will receive a suggested meditation that you can work with over the course of that lunar cycle, perhaps even over the course of the following 40 days, with a write-up for your own particular practice. On the full moon, you're going to receive a transmission of the full moon, an understanding of that lunar energy as well as a ritual offering that you may work with. On the balsamic moon, as we're closing out the lunar cycle, you're going to receive prompts for dream time and how to close out that lunar cycle in a good way. You will also receive two lunar playlists delivered in honor of the new moon and the full moon of that cycle. And in addition, you have the support of community and witnessing. And also anytime you want to invest in a private session, a masterclass, or a women's wisdom council, you will receive 11% off of your investment. This is a way you can sustain the work of Earthsea Temple Arts and also be in alignment with the lunar rhythm. Currently on my Patreon page, this is a way I'm essentially weaving together all of the five tiers of my Patreon page. And as a gift to all of my Patreon supporters, I'm going to give everyone a complimentary one-month subscription to Mom Magic so you can have the experience of it and see if you want to continue to support it. I hope that you find this really nourishing as I'm going to be offering the new moon and full moon transmissions through Mom Magic. I'm not going to go as in-depth on my podcast, Starstones and Stories, for that. I will touch on the energies a little bit, but it's not going to be quite as in-depth as it's been in the past, mostly because I have to consolidate my own energy. However, I will still, on Starstones and Stories, explore some of these bigger themes like retrograde season and uh, the eclipses, for sure. So you will continue to receive that support. However, if you want to go deeper with me, I invite you to join Ma Magic. It's going to be amazing. And with that, when you download the Kajabi app, you're going to have a way to receive all the information directly on your phone. If you prefer that, you can access it on a tablet or, or laptop or desktop as well. And as we're coming to the end of September on the 29th, Thursday, Venus shifts into her other home sign, which is Libra, at 3.49 a.m. Eastern Time. And Ceres shifts into Virgo at 4.55 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Venus being what we love and what we value, our relationships are going to get a beautiful boost of energy on 
the 29th of September. So expect to feel that, to see that. Relationships, I think, are really going to lighten up in some positive ways. With Ceres, the goddess of how we love and nurture ourselves and others, with her shift into Virgo, there's definitely a deepening connection to what are we harvesting as we're in this fall season? Uh, How are we refining our processes? How are we reflecting and looking at them? So that is going to be really important that we continue to weave in that way. On Sunday, the 2nd of October, we've got the first quarter moon in Capricorn. So it's a building, it's a waxing moon. The moon in Capricorn, it's not the most emotional, warm, or fuzzy, but it is a moon that wants to move energy forward and take care of business. And on that day, Mercury goes direct at 5.07 a.m. at 24 degrees, 13 arc minutes Virgo. And we will still be in the shadow period of Mercury retrograde, but we will slowly, slowly be moving the energy forward again. Now, remember, Mercury um, went retrograde on the 9th of September, but entered the shadow on the 1st of August. And Mercury will clear the shadow on the 16th of October. So by the middle of October, we're out of that part of the retrograde season. However, Mars will be shifting retrograde on the 30th of October. And Mars entered the shadow of retrograde on the 3rd of September. Now, this is a long journey with Mars in Gemini. Mars went into Gemini in August. Mars will be in Gemini until the 26th of March and will not clear its retrograde shadow until the 16th of March. So this is a massive journey of initiation, resurrection, return for Mars. Mars, how we move energy forward, our vitality, Mars and Gemini, all about the mind, our thinking, our ability to connect with our duality, to play with the yin and the yang, the masculine, the feminine, the light, the dark, the holy, the unholy, to dance in the polarity through the power of the mind, to clear subconscious programming and patterns. This Mars retrograde is so profound to getting deep, deep, deep into the recesses of your mind. And if you have sun, moon, or rising in Mars or in Gemini around 8 to 26 degrees Gemini, if you have an angle of your chart that is on 8 to 26 degrees of Gemini, if you have a ruling planet or another significant planet or Mars and Gemini itself, you will be specifically initiated (laughs) through this Mars journey. And I know it's going to be beautiful. I'm really feeling this time to be quite profound. As Mars shifts retrograde, the Star Sparks for this is a cave with carved walls. It is an ancient temple. There's something about this particular retrograde as Mars goes direct. Nine degrees Gemini is wildflowers growing around the ruins of a temple. There's something about this temple consciousness. And ultimately, you can consider your pituitary gland, your pineal gland, your hypothalamus, your thalamus. They are housed within your holy temple, the holy of holies within your brain. And I talk so much 
about the Great Pyramid as being a reflection of the Holy of Holies in the brain. And therefore, we will close out this episode with a circling back to that guided meditation that I have created where it is a journey within the Great Pyramid. And my prayer is that it serves you through this liminal space as we're honoring our ancestors, as we're preparing for this Libra new moon, as we're honoring the various aspects of Ma Durga with Navaratri and bringing in the blessings of Rosh Hashanah and really celebrating the sweetness of life, the joy of life, the beauty of life. In preparation for the eclipses, on the 25th of October, we have the partial solar eclipse in Scorpio. On the 8th of November, the total full moon eclipse in Taurus. With honoring all of the mothers, all of our ancestral mothers, all of our fathers, of all of our ancestral fathers, we are one people, one heart, one love, one universal womb. May there be peace to the east. May there be peace to the south. May there be peace to the west. May there be peace to the north. May there be peace deep, deep down into the iron-rich core of Mother Earth. And may that peace spiral up and out into the cosmos, reverberating through all of time and space and being threaded back into the sacred chambers of your hearts and so it is and so it is and so it is blessed be going to invite you to prepare for meditation and so come seated or lie down and if you're operating heavy machinery or you can't be present now feel free to pause this recording and check out the timestamp and they're also in the show notes so you can come back to this whenever it feels most aligned for you And so as you're finding your seat or your center, just bringing the body into deep, deep presence and awareness, making sure all devices are turned off and you're in a space where you cannot be disturbed. You've taken care of all of your biological needs and allow your body to come into this moment with the breath Inhaling and exhaling, nice long, deep breaths, allowing yourself to become more present, more aware, just noticing how your body is feeling in this now moment and allowing whatever is present to be there, allowing it with the breath and breathe into any tight, heavy, hard spaces. Breathe the breath into those spaces not in a way to 
force any shift, but just to breathe consciousness, light, transformation into those denser spaces and allow your awareness to come to the base of the spine, the palms of your hands, the soles of your feet, and imagine these grounding cords of silver, gold, red light coming out through these spaces and beginning to drop down, down, down through the layers of sediment and soil deep into Mother Earth. And any buildings you may be in, just the light lines, the cords of light are able to move through the concrete, through the structures, deep into the earth, where you come and you ground and you anchor into great grandmother hematite, into this now moment, finding your center here, grounding and anchoring all of who you are, all of who you've ever been, all who you ever will be. And breathe that grounded recognition, this knowingness, this awareness that you are enough, you are full, you have a right to be here on earth now at this time, and that you matter. There is so much love and support available for you in these times, even when it feels the most isolated and dark. You have support. You have the backing of your ancestors, your guides, your guardians, your star family, your soul tribe. Even when we feel most lonely, we have the support always. And so in this space of grounding, I invite you to draw the support in from deep within Mother Earth back up through the layers of sediment and soil, back up. For those of you who know of the Earth Star Chakra, through your Earth Star Chakra, through the soles of your feet, grounding and anchoring that energy up into your body. And begin to feel these waves of relaxation as you breathe longer, deeper breaths, more conscious breaths. Feel this wave of relaxation enter in through the soles of the feet, up through the ankles, swirling around the calves and the shins, up through the knees, up into the thighs, up through the glutes, and into the pelvic bowl, swirling around your inner cave of creation. Regardless of gender, this is a space all beings have of creative energy. And this energy swirls up through the spine, up through all of your digestive organs, into the lungs, up and into your heart and your thymus up into your thyroid, up through the shoulders and the neck and moving down the arms all the way down through the elbows and the wrists into the hands all the way out to the fingertips. Breathing that energy back up the arms, back into the shoulders and the neck and the throat 
up into the jaw. Allow your jaw to soften and open into the teeth. Allow the tongue to relax all the way to the root of the tongue, the upper and the lower palates. Feel this wave of relaxation moving into the back of the head, into the ears, deep into the eardrums, into the center of your brain, deep into the space of the pituitary gland and the pineal gland and the hypothalamus. And this wave of relaxation moves up through the cheeks and the nose and the sinuses, deep into the eyes, all the way back into the optic nerves, swirling up through the crown of your head so that every hair on the top of your head and throughout your body just completely relaxes. And your bones and your joints soften. These bones that are the medicine of who you are, they carry these crystalline codes of light that are passed down generation to generation, just like the bloodline through the blood. The vitality of who we are, the essence of who we are, we have this ability to rematrix all of these codes of light and life through our very consciousness, our psyche, our thoughts, all of whom and who we are. And so now I invite you to imagine from the crown of your head, this beautiful white light that comes into the shape of a pyramid and it begins to envelop and enclose your entire physical body, your emotional body, your spiritual body, your mental body, your ka body, the energy double of who you are, all of your energetic layers are fully encapsulated in this pyramid of white light and it anchors all the way from the cosmos, from the sun of all suns, the great cosmic central sun of all of creation and this pyramid of light beams down through your high, high, high chakras all the way down through the crown, rooting you all the way down into the earth, the base of the pyramid, roots down the structure. And you notice as you watch the light, it begins to shift from white to violet to golden. And it is saturated with this golden essence. And you begin to see this beautiful golden nectar of light pouring from the great cosmic central sun all the way down through earth all the way through this pyramid of light that fully embodies and anchors you and as it is doing so you feel this sensation of the super conscious of who you are you feel the divine showing you everything you need to know it is encased within the codes of light of this pyramid that are surrounding and protecting all of your bodies you as a light keeper as a way shower breathe in this multi-dimensional awakening through these codes of light 
Breathe them into all the cells of your being so that all the cells of your being take on a holographic mirror of these codes of light. And as your DNA receives these energetic upgrades, these imprints, feel how your DNA connects to the DNA of Mother Earth, Tara Gaia, which connects to the DNA of the cosmos. Feel how your Akasha weaves with the Akasha of Mother Earth and the Akasha of all that is. This great weaving of light begins to move through you in these delicate, elegant codes that bring you even closer to the heart of Mother Earth. And in this beautiful season of honoring the Earth, of the celebration of the fertility of all of life, of that weaving of your inner feminine and your inner masculine coming together to co-create this inner unification, this inner unity consciousness, you breathe this in even deeper so that you have great support and anchoring in these delicate and most potent and powerful times. And you allow yourself to continue to breathe long, deep breaths in this now moment. And any parts of your physical body that need your focus, your attention, that need extra healing, allow them to receive that through your breath, through your awareness here and now. And you find yourself feeling more and more relaxed and at complete peace in this moment. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy this truth. Be fully present, grounded, and relaxed.
May Isis heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou, great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. Dive in with me at earthseedtemplearts.com and you can follow me on Instagram at earthseedtemplearts. Thank you so much for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we as individuals awaken to the reality that each one of us is a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.